Good morning. I'll let these guys get get uh, get going up there, but uh, um, let's uh, let's lift this up, right? This message is going to be on on prayer, so I figure I don't want to forget to pray about it. That would be a bummer, right? So, all right, Lord, I uh, just lift up this uh, lift up this message to you. I, I pray, God, that you would um, that you would be glorified, that you would work through, as Lisa said, work through just work through me, and that I would. Um, not be in the way, but that your word would go out and do what it's meant to do. Your word would go out and change us and uh, cause us to desire more fellowship with you and uh, just want to dig in, want to get to know you better, want to get to really see the reality of what we have in you. So I praise you, Almighty God, and thank you for everybody here, and I pray that we would all be moved. Uh, by your word today, in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so um, it's probably about, I guess it's probably about a month and a half ago, something like that, we had had a a prayer vigil, somebody had established a prayer vigil for Donna Vanderplug, who we'd still be, we're still praying for, we want to see the Lord do some great work there, and, uh, but she's been dealing with this in an in, in issue for for so long and it was you know it breaks you you know when you you see someone who you love a brother or sister in Christ who's struggling and suffering and you know so you 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 know you you want to go to your father and and you don't you know it's like asking the questions Lord just we trust you we know you, you can do this but there's other questions that come up you know, is this your will that you would heal this person in this situation? Is this your will in this? And so with all of that, I, I spent a lot of time just trying to think like, how do, how do I understand? How do, how do we understand what, how, what prayer is, what prayer does, what the, the why do we pray? You know, and... Um, and reading the scriptures that, that we can get really caught up on and, you know, where it's like, ask anything in my name, it'll be done for you. Those, those kind of things where you sit back and go, oh, I just don't get this. I don't get it, you know? And uh, so there's a lot that I still don't get. I'm not going to try and delve into the, those things too much, but I just wanted to present that because... I think for all of us, we can all be in that kind of situation. You know, we can wonder why. Is the Lord hearing us? How come things aren't happening? You know, how come, you know, I'm asking for something good. It's good. It has to be good. Like, there's nothing bad about what I'm saying, what I'm asking for. But we're not seeing God move like we would expect to see Him move. And so, so it just, it's something that I, I've been, been uh, just kind of really seeking the Lord about and, and trying to get a handle on. And so, and there's so much to prayer, right? You know, so I, I'm not going to try and do a comprehensive, <laughs> like, study in, a, in 45 minutes on prayer. But I am going to touch on, I think, a foundational principle that it, it's, I think it's so key to our understanding of the importance and the value of prayer of that time. All through the scripture, we're told to pray. All through the scripture, 
where like that's something that's that's there you can't escape it's part of what we have in christ you know it's just we need to be seeking him we need to be praying we need to be presenting requests we need to be doing all those things and uh so the the, the verse of scripture and this is this verse that it's i know i said it like again i i say i say a lot of the same stuff over and over again um because it's just so true and i can't escape it and it's so cohesive and it's so harmonious and there's you know it's like these these things are real and they make sense and uh but this verse you know uh, it's 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 it says so much to me that that i i think we can miss if we don't really pay attention to it in hebrews 11:6 well this will be the verse that we're kind of building off of sort of hebrews 11:6 it says and without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to god must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him you know so and the reason that this like i think it's good for us to really break this down and to understand it well is because we can kind of read things like that and kind of glance over the importance of what it's saying. You know, it's saying a couple of things. For us to draw near to him, first of all, we have to believe that he is. And we all believe that he is. We believe that he's there. We believe that he's God. Um, but there's another level of that. Do we believe that he really is a rewarder of someone who seeks him? Do we truly believe that? And what is the reward? You know, what are these things he's talking about? You know, is, he, is it the answer to our prayers? Is it the, you know, um, the Corvette that Aaron wants? You know, praying for you, brother. Uh, <laughs> um, or is it, you know, what is it? What is it that, that we, uh, um, that are the rewards from seeking him? And so, um, so I want to kind of look into, first of all, just lay a foundation of the, the, the reality that we are called to prayer. That is what we're called to be. We're called to be people of prayer. Um, so I would say we'll look at Matthew 14, 23. We have the example of Jesus all through the Gospels of him is going to be alone with the Father. And this is a key thing. I want to really impress this upon all of us, that we could all be impressed with this, that to be alone with the Father. Matthew 14, 23, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He went up by himself to pray. Mark 135, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, the wilderness, place away from everyone. And there he prayed. And Luke 5.16, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. It's saying that he does this all the time. It isn't an irregular thing for him to go and just, I'm going to go be alone with my father. Um, it's important. you know. So we have the example in Christ that we're called to do these things. That's, we should be doing these things. Um, so let's get into some of the basic kind of definitions of prayer. You know, this is... The, you know, we read through the scripture and we see, you know, pray with all kinds of prayers. And then we get examples of those prayers. So I have five things that I think kind of we can go through. Now there's, 
there's such little nuance to some of these you know, terms that they're really kind of synonymous, but there are some that stand out. So the first thing, uh, the first type of prayer would be a supplication, a prayer of petition, asking. And it says in Luke 6, 12, in these days, this is Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued to pray to God. You know, that prayer is that supplication. He's coming, he's making petitions to the Father. But what's cool about that too is, like he, all night he continued in prayer. You know, I know when I was, I was first saved, it was a continual conversation with the Father. You know, we look at, um, is it, I forget the names of the people from Fiddler on the Roof. Is it Tev- Tevia? Yeah, Rev Tevia. And that idea, and Pastor Joe and I were talking about this, and that, like, he just talks to God like he's hanging out with, you know? And, and that's what it was when I was first saved. I was like, you know, Lord, and maybe, maybe not as, you know, uh, as friendly, but more, <laughs> I was a little more, you know, uh, <laughs> um, what would you say, uh, uh, respectful or, or uh, irreverent. Yeah, reverent is a good term. But, um, but it was that same kind of like, you know, I saw him. I was in his presence all the time. I understood that. He just saved me. You know, this was alive. I was, it was, I was made new. It was totally, I was totally changed. And, um, and so, you know, the idea of praying all night, <clears throat> it wasn't something that was odd to me. You know, but when you start to think about like, you know, um, it was maybe a lot of people, maybe some people, maybe no people, but I think some people might see that and say, how could I do this all night? You know, it's like, you know, you go to a prayer service, it's like, all right, this thing almost over or what? You know, but, uh, but Jesus went and prayed all night. It's just something to keep in mind. And I think it has more to do with that being in the presence of our father and really just being in that state of constant communication with him. I think that's so important. Then we have another type of prayer, which is thanksgiving. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a gratefulness. It's thankfulness. It's appreciation for the grace of God. You know, we put ourselves in that place where we realize what he's done for us. We realize the grace that he's poured out. He saved us. That thanksgiving just over, overflows from us. And it should. should overflow from us. And when we enter into a place of prayer, we not only are petitioning him for ourselves or for others, but we're giving thanks. Why do we give thanks? Because we know that God cares for us. We know that we're his and we're in the palm of his hand. And we know that his plan is perfect. You know, we can rest in that. We know that he's in control. So we can give thanks. Give thanks always and for everything. And then adoration. Adoration, extolling, admiring, worshiping. You know, again, when we come to his presence and we're realizing how, how grateful we are, You know, we're in awe of who he is. And Ephesians 3.14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. This idea is is humbly getting before our king, bowing our knees before him. You know, and uh, so when we do, you know, the idea of prayer, it's 
You know, when you think of prayer, I think in general, or at least how the world might think of prayer, it is that position. It's that position of being on your knees or being prostrate. I have to be very careful how I say that. You can mess that one up pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, but being in that state of just, I'm just broken, Lord, before you. I'm humble before you. And that is a good place for us to be, to bow our knees before him. And then confession. And this is, a, this is an important part. I mean, all of it's important, of course, but what is confession? You know, we think of it as Christians. It's like, well, okay, I'm told to confess my sins. Why? Doesn't God know my sins? Doesn't God know that I already sinned? Aren't my sins taken care of? As far as the east is from the west, aren't my sins taken away? Why am I confessing my sins? It's because we have to be in that state of acknowledgement that we are still broken. And that it's in that state when we confess our sins, that starts the process for us, for God changing who we are. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's His work that does that if we're willing to acknowledge, Lord, I'm still broken and I still need Your help. That's why confession is so important. You know, we think, you know, you can get caught up on those verses and be like, I don't know, what does this even mean? You know, why would I do this? Those questions are good. The why questions. I think why questions are great. The Lord's not afraid of your questions. Truth stands on and will stand and regardless of the the challenge that's brought against it, you know, it will always stand. It's true. Um, And then we have intercession. And intercession being praying for others, you know, standing in place for someone else. Ephesians 1, 16 through 17, Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we have those types of prayers, but all of those types of prayers are important. And I think that all of those types of prayers just come naturally from a place where we humbly get before God, right? When we present ourselves to him in his presence. So, so what, really, so what really is prayer, right? If we could sum all of that up, and I, I, you, know, you try and put a comprehensive definition together, so I tried. So I'm sure it fails in some places, but, but I think this is like a key thing, that understand what prayer is. It's really us being humble, contrite, and having honest communication with our Father through the Holy Spirit, confessing our sins, presenting requests to Him for us and for others, giving thanks for all things and lifting up holy hands and bended knees in submission to God's perfect will. Like those things are important. All of those aspects are important. Understanding God's perfect will is important. And the one thing too, I'd like to, to bring up a, a verse. And this, this I think is so important for us men to get a hold of. Like I think of reasons why maybe I would uh, not pray, right? You know, and a lot of times the ladies, you know, we see it with the myrrh ministry. The ladies are there praying. 
Ladies are here early praying. The ladies are doing this stuff. But the Scripture says that men um, lifting up holy hands. You know, that's what we're called to do. The men should be doing this. You know, if we're the heads of our households, like that's our job. That's what we should be doing. We should be in that position. Now, you know, I, uh, I was talking to somebody this week about like, well, maybe excuses, you know, for men to not, you know. And it's like, well, you know, I work all day. You know, maybe my wife's home and she's, you know, she has the time to do this during the day kind of thing. It's like, mm, yeah, my, 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 friend shot, my friend shot that down pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but, but, it, but, for, but that, maybe that's where we're at. Maybe that's what's going on in our heads, you know, but that isn't what's real. You know, we can take that time. We can seek him. We can do that. It's our responsibility to do that as the men. Um, totally doable. Amen. All right. Thanks for yelling. I like that. That's perfect. Um, <clears throat> so so I, I think, and this is, this is maybe overly simplistic, but I think this, <clears throat> this can sum up at least the position, at least the, kind, of, kind of give us a, a, an image of what it looks like to be in that place where we should be um, in prayer. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, 6, he says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I think that's so important. Like that's the crux of the prayer life that we should have. Now, that's not saying anything about us getting together next week, and I'm sure everyone will be here at 9 o'clock for prayer. Um, it's not saying anything that that is bad, that that's not a right thing to do. We should be together praying in unity all through Acts. You see examples of that. They met together. They prayed together. They worshiped together. You know? So those are good. But I think the crux of what we have in Christ is right there. That I go into my room, I shut the door, and I pray to my Father who sees in secret. And my Father who sees in secret will reward me. And some say openly. You know, I don't know what that openly would mean, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> but the reward, right? We were talking about the reward. So what does that reward look like? You know, um, so we might think like, well, am I going to get what I want? Like I said, you know, uh, what was that, Corvette? No, you don't want that. No. You're a Volkswagen guy. <clears throat> okay. Those hot Volkswagens, you know, man. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, but I think that's the crux of it. It's, and it's really like to, to boil it down, this idea of prayer is me actively acknowledging the presence of God, that he is always here. It's just that. Because if I actively acknowledge that almighty God, that I'm in his presence, then I can't do anything but all of these things. Give thanks, confess, intercede, present requests humbly. I can't do anything but that because I see God for who he is. 
and now I present myself to him. So it's me actively acknowledging that I am in the presence of God. You know, that's, that's what we have. You know, we talked about the Holy Spirit um, a few, maybe a couple months ago, and uh, the work of the Spirit and who we are in Christ, being children of God. And all of these themes, like this is all t- connected. It's all tied together. You can't take one without the other. And so, um, so we have that relationship with God because of the Holy Spirit in us. It's so good. Um, so what is prayer really about? Um, is it, it's, it's tough because when we think about those hard sayings, you know, like, well, pray anything in his will. It'll be done for you. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I don't know what to do with that. How do I know his will? Can I know his will? I don't know. You know, and uh, we'll, maybe we'll get into that some other time, but not today. So, but what is the crux? Like, what is the foundation of uh, this, this idea of prayer? What's it really about? Is it about us telling God what we want him to do? Is it about us saying, God, you're going to do this for me. I know, I know this is your will. Or is it, a, is it about us, um, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, somehow our prayer will, uh, uh, I don't I, I guess just, just changing God's mind kind of thing. Is that, is that what it is? You know, uh, is God's plan perfect? Yeah. You know, so, it, so it's, it's a tough thing to get into that. So I don't want to get into that. I want to get into some easier things because it's just better for me. Um, <clears throat> so I, I want to get into Matthew, right? So I think, I think the importance, uh, at least a, a foundational importance of prayer is relationship. And it's changing us. Now think about this, right? We've, how many people have heard the saying that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship? Okay, so if we really believe that, then the foundation of everything we believe has to do with that relationship. It's not just a saying. It's not just, yeah, well, it's different because, you know, we, uh, I don't know, the relationship means that, well, now I'm saved. No, it's an active relationship with Almighty God through His Holy Spirit. Like, we, this is alive. This is real. And I think that that's the crux of everything that we have in Christ is that relationship. It's that ability for us to to be in contact with Almighty God. And we can't be in contact with Almighty God without Him changing us. It's just how it works. This is interesting. So Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Uh, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, it's very important, good gifts, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's a good, that's a good word, Right? All right, well, what's good? Tell me what's good. What are good things? You know, so keep that in mind. What are good things? And I was like, and that's where I was at. I was like, okay, God, how do I know what's good? Like, what's the good thing? And then I was 
as I was studying, I was like, okay, well, Luke has a similar passage. Luke 11, 9 through 13, it says, I, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What is better than the gifts that we can receive from God's spirit? We cannot ask amiss if we ask God to build into our lives fruit of the Spirit. We cannot ask amiss if we ask God to build into our lives His character, wisdom, truth. We can't, that is His will. That is, you can't, that it, there is, it's exactly His will that we would be, that, that we could ask for those things. So if we ask for those things, you think we get those things? Yes. Absolutely. That's what we get. That, to me, is the crux of this prayer life, this, this idea of, of being in the presence of the Father. It's so awesome. You know, the Spirit is the Spirit of holiness. It's the Spirit of sanctification, making us like Him. You know, the Spirit that brings love Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, wisdom, and truth. Can we get more gooder than that? No way. That's, where it, that's what the good is. So I think that's important for us to get a hold of that. Second Corinthians says, and this is so cool. This is the verse I was looking for last service. It's like right there where I was talking. Looking through all my papers and everything. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians 3.18, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Beholding His face. Beholding His glory. Beholding Him. Spending time in His presence. Allowing the Spirit to work in us. Asking for the good things. Can't, you can't go wrong that way. You can't go wrong to ask for those things. The Lord will give you them. He doesn't withhold any of that. That's his desire. I mean, and it, and it only makes sense when you look at what the Scripture is all about. As best as you know, we can figure all of this stuff, some of it's hard to understand, but I think most of it is pretty basic. What's our job? What's our goal? What's, it's to... Glorify God to be the image of Christ in this world. You know, so why would he withhold any of that? He wouldn't, you know? So, and, and he prefaces all of that. You know, if you go, I, I think, yeah. Is it prior to that Matthew 6? We'll, we'll touch on that a bit. Actually, we'll touch on that next because we'll be talking about asking, seeking, and knocking. But he's talking about, you know, what do the Gentiles seek after? They seek after all of these things. But don't, don't do that. You know, the Father knows that you need those things. You know, so what should we be seeking? His kingdom, His righteousness. And we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more. <clears throat> okay, 
So as I was sitting down going through these passages, um, the, I, was, I was looking at that like, okay, so, so I ask, and then I seek, and then I knock. And I was reading commentaries about it and trying to get a better understanding because those are different words. You know, there's a different meaning to those things. And so, so what is that? So it has, it has a purpose. You know, it could be a, just a reiteration, you know, showing how important it is, but I don't think that's it. And it could be just a, per, a level of persistence in prayer. And we have some of those tough passages where Jesus is like, you know, the persistent widow and, and that, and it's like, you know, not, not sure what to do with some of those in, in some instances. But, but I don't know if that's what he's saying here. Like I, I take it as levels of depth of our relationship with him of our prayer time with him, you know? And so uh, this is how I see it. And again, it may be a persistent thing or whatever, but I think this has value and I think that, um, that it works. Um, <clears throat> so the first step is to ask, right? That's what we come to God asking. Come to God asking for things. You know, present our requests. You know, Father, help me be like you. Help me be like you. I want to be like you. And then the second thing is the seek. And this is a lot deeper. You know, it's not just an asking, but it's a seeking. And so what am I doing in seeking? Now it's my action in pursuing the things of God. My action. And that's not just in prayer, but that's having God's word and going through it. And I would encourage you guys too, with the, the, this scripture memory verse that we're doing, I would encourage you to really like have that in front of you. Be seeking the Lord and ask him to show you what those things mean in there. Because that is such a great passage. And there is so much depth to what that is. And so dig into it. Start to challenge, you know, what does this mean? Why would it say that? Ask the questions. Dig in. Seek. Seek that way. But seek the Lord in his presence. Seek the Lord and learn, you know, um, and, and seek to know how to be better. And it's like saying, Father, how do I become like you? So the first is, Father, help me be like you. Father, how do I become like you? And then the third is to knock. And I think this is so cool because I just picture this, you know, like Steve's office door being open a little bit because the door of the throne room is open. Not that Steve's room is the throne room. But, um, but for us, we can enter into the Holy of Holies because of what Christ did for us. So we have that ability. But like Steve's door is open. He's like my dad to me, really. You know? So I wouldn't just barge in, though. I would knock. But what happens? Now the door is open to me. I come in and I learn. I learn from God to become the way he wants me to be. So it's that depth of relationship. So entering into the place where we can sit with our Father and we learn from our Father. Man, that is so great. Think of how rich that is for us. Think of what that really means as a relationship for us. You know, we think, forgive me if I said this already. I said things in the first service. I might say it again. Maybe I said it in this service. Um, but think about uh, relationship. You know, if I go to, um, go to the bank, right? Did I say that? 
Go to a teller. Talk to a teller. Okay. I'll say it again. Nobody remembers anyway. Um, but what kind of a relationship do I have with someone who I see once a week? What depth of relationship do I have? Not much. You know? So how much are we spending time with our Father? Taking that, taking that example that we have of Jesus, spending time with His Father. You know? And that's, how I, that's kind of how I picture it. It's kind of that... that um, that's simple, I guess. Basic. It's just going, I just need to be with my father. You know, I don't have an agenda necessarily. I just need to be with my father. You know, it's, I think that's such a good place to be. And we should desire that. You know, we should desire that. Be in his presence. All right. <clears throat> Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. All right, a lot of, a lot of uh, longer passage here. Uh, Matthew 6, 5 through 8. Um, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have, their, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and we talked about that. And what is the reward? We're going to get into that a bit. Oh, well, we'll get into that. I think we already addressed that. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for the many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he, we get uh, in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, he says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, and we, we understand it as, you know, like hallowed be in your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our, our debts as we forgive those who have, um, uh, as we also ha have uh, been forgiven. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as I was going through this, I was, I was trying to find, like trying to put it in the context of Jesus is talking to, to uh, Jews, right? He's talking to, to Hebrews. And so, so what is, like I wanted a, a Hebrew, Hebrew perspective on this prayer. And I found that there was, you know, we have the old writings, we have the Septuagint, which is the Greek, um, uh, um, is it the, the Greek interpretation of the Hebrew? Yes, right, okay. Um, but we do have Hebrew writings that have the Lord's Prayer in it. And so I ended up getting this book and was just kind of going through it to get the, the main gist of it. And I found it very interesting because there are some things in there that, that make this prayer a little more active, a little more alive and actually line up pretty well with Old Testament stuff. And it makes sense to me. You know, Jesus is talking to Hebrews. He's talking to the Jews. He's going to give them something that they understand. And so it says, our Father in heaven. And we would say, hallowed be your name, which is very just like, Lord, yes, your name is holy, you know. But the way that it would be in Hebrew is, let your name be sanctified. And it's the same kind of statement where, where God said, let there be light. It's not a stagnant, just um, kind of uh, a statement that doesn't do anything, but it's let your name be sanctified, you know? And that's our job. That's our job, you know? So see, it changes it a little bit, right? Hallowed be your name, your name's holy. Yes, Lord, uh, we know your name's holy. But no, it's, no, it's my job to make your name holy 
my, name, my job to carry your name in the right way. Don't take his name in vain. We'll get into that some other time. But uh, <clears throat> your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and it said, the way that the Hebrew would be, it says, your will shall be done on earth and in heaven. You know, it's just an understanding of your will will be done. You know, it's not just, hey, you know, may it be done. But no, your will will be done on earth as it is or, and in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And it says, give us our bread continually. It, meeting our physical and spiritual needs continually. You know, um, <clears throat> so food can be spiritual. You know, John 4, 32, 34 says, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. You know, so, um, so it's just an interesting thing. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And that would read, forgive us the debt of our sins as we forgive the debt of those who sin against us. You know, um, the temptation thing gets into that. You know, so I just think it's good for us to take a second and just go through that. Because this is, if you really break this prayer down, there's not a whole lot there that has to do with meeting our needs physically. Not a whole lot. How much of our prayer life is us asking God to manipulate our situations to meet our personal needs? You know, I mean, and this is just, you know, just a question. Think about that. You know, we have one line. <laughs> the rest is glorify your name and forgive me. Make me who you want me to be. Right? So it says a lot. And then, um, but I won't get too, too much into that. But Jesus follows this up with Matthew 6, 25, 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, do we need all of those things? Sure. Do we have a responsibility to provide for our families? Do we have, like these things are real, right? So when we see reality and then we read this, we have to question, help me understand what this means. You know, I was, I was driving down the road yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And uh, uh, hopefully I can explain this well, because it was so, it's just like, it's pretty interesting to me. And I, I'm driving down the road and I see this like ATV. It was like a Polaris or something like that. I'm like, ooh. I could really use that. And then like the idea of covet came in. And I'm like, well, why, why, why is it wrong to covet? You know, so I'm thinking as I'm driving, I'm like, hmm, 
Well, if I trust God is gonna give me whatever I need, then my focus should be on my time with him and learning to be like him and allowing him to deal with the things that I need. You know, not that I can't work, it's, not, it's my responsibility to work, but not to focus on that. How do I get that? What do I, ha- like, be, be, he says anxious, but that idea of how do I get a hold of that thing? It should be, how do I get a hold of him? And then that should be our focus. And then all of these other things, they'll be added to us. And, and to clarify, I think, Birds don't sit around in their nests with their mouths open and God drops berries into their mouths. That's not adding to. Adding to, I think, is us doing what we're required to do and we're responsible to do based on the entirety of His Word as best that we possibly can by the leading of His Spirit, being faithful, being diligent, being, you know, um, doing what we're required to do. And that includes the time spent with him, learning who he is and changing who we are. And then he'll, he'll take care of all of that stuff. You know, it's not us being lazy. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, I'm good. You know, God's gonna, it's like the guy in the boat, you know, or in the water. And all the boats came, helicopter came. It's like, no, no, God's gonna save me. Like we sent three, three people to save you. You didn't get in, you know. It's, uh, <clears throat> so not good at telling jokes, so. I'm not going to try. You got the gist. Who doesn't know that one? All right. Um, but, But this is the point, right? To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does that mean? To seek first his kingdom. And this is how I see it anyway. And it, you know, again, um, It makes sense to me. To seek first his kingdom is to see, is to be in a position where we see that he is king over everything. And if I'm seeking that, if I'm saying, okay, God, I know that you're in charge, then this idea of this anxiety goes away. Why is he saying this at the end of that passage? Because it makes sense. Because if I seek his kingdom, I know he's the one who provides. I'm in his kingdom. I belong to him. He has set the rules. He has everything in his hand. I'm in the palm of his hand. So why would I be anxious? What's to be anxious about if I am seeking his kingdom? And then to seek his righteousness, I think is that what we've been talking about. It's seeking his presence and knocking on the door to enter in so that we can become like him. So that his Holy Spirit can well up within us uh, springs of living water. We, We bear the fruit of his spirit. We do those things, you know, um, or we we bear those things because it's not us doing. Us doing is this, entering in. Us doing is asking, seeking, knocking, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And if we seek those things, we have no place. There is no place for anxiety. No place for us to look and say, man, I wish I could have that or I could do. It's like, Lord, whatever, I'm good. I just want to know you. That's that idea, again, getting back to, I just want to be with my father. I just want to be with my father. So so what is our... um, 
position in all of this. Um, and I think Matthew 18, 1 through 4, <clears throat> kind of lays it out for us. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like little, like, like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So I was thinking about that. You know, we hear that, or a childlike faith, which I looked for that. I, I think it's more of a humility than a faith. But faith comes in. Um, but that position. So I was thinking about, and we have little Layla back there, my granddaughter, you know, and she just the image of her popped into my head and thinking of my own kids when they were real small, you know, and this idea of um, like if I would come in the door, you know, after work, they had no agenda. They had no like, like, um, dad, I got this whole list of stuff. I mean, Emma does it now because she's seven, but, uh, but when they're real small, um, they, they don't have this list of stuff. Dad, are you, gonna, are you gonna give us food today? Are you gonna, like, you know, I'm a little concerned because, you know, um, you haven't been around all day and I'm hungry. It's, it's not that. There's no agenda. They're just like, I just wanna be with my dad. Because you know why I can have that peace? Why that little kid can, can enter that place like that? Is because they know without a doubt where everything comes from. They know, they don't have to ask, um, are you gonna feed me today? Because I, I feed them. You know, they don't have to question that. And I think that that's, that's the, I think that's our position, to be like a child. To come to our father with that same kind of attitude and that same kind of faith and that humility of saying, Lord, I just I know where everything good comes from. I just want to be with you. I want to be like you. I want to seek you. I want to know who you are. I want you to change me so I can be like you and be a representative of you. Oh, there's little Layla. Hi, Munchkin. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> actually, here. Layla, come. Oh. All right. All right. You were yelling, Papa. Okay. Not to be a distraction or anything. But I thought this would be a good object lesson. Um, but coming like a little child, you know, it's like they just want to be with their father. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's where we need to be. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2, and I think we... We went through this a little bit, but um, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we're being transformed by the renewal of our minds, you know, we hear his word, we spend time with him. He makes us who he wants us to be. And then <clears throat> I thought this was an interesting thing. I have a 
couple minutes, but um, just about done. I was thinking about the prayer life of Jesus. And in Hebrews 5, 7 through 8, it says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Now we could stop there. But did Jesus die? He died, right? Then it says, although he was a son, referencing the fact that although he was heard, he didn't get, he didn't get things changed for his benefit. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Sometimes when we are seeking the Lord, I think that, you know, we can, you want to go see mama now? Okay, go ahead. Do you want to go get her yourself? Come on. Go ahead. There you go. Go get him. All right. <clears throat> I think that, um, you know, we have to remember, like Paul said, this is, this is pretty reminiscent of what Paul says, that I sought the Lord three times for him to take away this thorn in my flesh. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfect, made perfect in, in weakness. His power is made perfect through through our weakness sometimes. And sometimes we have to deal with the things that we have to deal with. But we, can under, we know that we're heard. You know, we do have a Father who loves us. But that shouldn't stop us from entering in and spending time with Him. Because it's not about Him changing our circumstances. It's about Him changing us. So that we can know what His will is more, know who He is more, become more like Him. That, I think, is the foundation. If it's a relationship, then let's be about the relationship. You know, I think that's good. So we'll end it with that um, or with some prayer. Let's end it with some prayer. Should we pray? Uh, I don't know. Um, all right. <clears throat> Lord, I just thank you so much for, uh, for your body. I thank you so much for your spirit. I thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the open door that we can just enter in to your presence. Really, really learn from you. Be what you want us to be in this world. That Yeah, we got stuff that needs to be changed in us and we're still messed up, still broken, but it's by your spirit we can be healed. By your spirit, we, we can uh, be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Now, Lord, I just pray that for us that uh, you'd help us to learn how to do that, that we would ask and seek and knock and become like little children and present ourselves to you with uh, the agenda of, I just want to know you. I want to be with you. So I just praise you, Father, and thank you and uh, lift this up to you. and pray your blessing on the rest of the day for this congregation, and I pray that you would open our mouths if we get the opportunity to share Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen.